Aaron Whitlow here. Uh, Quentin Hollis. And uh, we are the Markout Movie Podcasters. And uh, on this episode of Analyze This, we're going to be uh, reviewing, um, for the most part, Dave Chappelle's Sticks and Stones. Um, we're going to be reviewing the Sticks and Stones stand-up. And um, that's recently on Netflix, so you can check it out. Yeah, and then... Also, just in general, also talk about comedy. I was thinking about talking about comedy as far as like stand-up comedy as as a form of uh, social commentary. Also, as a form of uh, healing, you know, uh, a way to heal and uh, and you know take things that, for the most part, would uh, probably be considered I don't know taboo or. Uh, offensive and then breaking it down to uh you know where we can kind of laugh and chuckle at it you know and so and uh who better to talk about than dave Chappelle about that because quentin i feel like dave has the ability to uh take a take any topic take many topics rather and uh Make you look at it in a different light, and then also chuckle at it, like yeah. like, and you're like, man, that is funny, you know, just thinking about it. So yeah, no, I agree. I I think he has that ability, <laughs> and I I think what makes David or Dave uh, appealing to both white and black audiences is the same thing that Richard Pryor possessed, the same thing as Eddie Murphy, mm-hmm. is they have a way of making all of us laugh. <clears throat> But at the same time, pointing out flaws in all people, uh, and show that they've done some sort of research, some thinking. They contemplate about life. They contemplate about, you know, our society. They watch us, you know, and then they give us a careful evaluation. Um, while at the same time, they still put in their personal, private uh, flavor to it. You know, their their own lives to it. And, and what's kind of also unique about those guys is all of them, and they've gone on record to say it, in their private lives, they're actually pretty quiet. They're pretty yeah. um, low-key, recluse a little bit. They don't bother a lot of people. And they're just observant individuals. So we're, like, blessed to have people like this who look at our lives, look at us, and then reflect it back to us in such a way that we can laugh, we can cry, we can get emotional, or whatever, because uh, we can think about those things on a different uh, level. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's good uh, well, first of all, uh, man, uh, I watched this stand up, and I was just like, it, it from the beginning to the end, it had me cracking up. Uh, it's it just his ability to uh, just to paint a picture and tell a story. Uh, even when at first where you're like, where's he going with this? Oh, uh, wasn't that opening yeah, something else? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. And that opening, that's, <laughs> and that's what I was referring to. Yeah. The opening, I was like, what? Where's he going yeah, with where's, this? Where, I know. Where are you going with this? <laughs> What's your take on that? Oh, no, no, no. I. Okay, that was the first big laugh I had was that opening. And immediate, immediately I thought, he's a genius. Mm-hmm. like a comedic genius because I didn't know where he was going right and mm-hmm. he was you know he's talking should we spoil yeah, it yeah yeah okay. it's just so man. He's, yeah so he's you know he's talking about the the, the 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 man who 
had seemingly the perfect job. The the man who killed himself, uh, uh, I forget his name because I was I didn't uh, watch the show where he traveled. Da- David, uh, what's his name? Um, yeah, um, travel, travel. Yeah, yeah he traveled. It uh, might come to you. Travel and ate with, you know, some of the best people on the planet in these different cultures and different countries, and he's flying first class and all. All he has to do, as a matter of fact, last summer before I took my trip. Somebody in the office said, you know what, you can be like that guy that travels and eat food in different places. What kind of job would that be? Wouldn't that be a cool job? And so Dave is talking about it like this. Like this guy had the best job that showbiz can, you know, uh, show business can create. And yet he hangs himself in a luxury suite hotel, right? And you're like, oh, wow, what, you know, why is he talking about this, right? And, you know, yeah, that, that you know, something we can think about. Yeah, okay. And then he immediately jumps to his friend that he grew up with, who had all these things laid out for him. He was in Ivy League, you know. Anthony Bourdain. There you go, Bourdain. Yes. That name that should stay with me, um, Bourdain. But anyway, Bourdain. Then, it was a Bourdain. Bourdain. Anthony Bourdain. Yeah. Bourdain. So yeah. So then he jumps to his friend that he grew up in with in in, in the hood. That you know it was like really smart. Really smart. Made it out of the hood. Went to an Ivy League school. Went to law. Got into a great law school. Was about to marry a woman. Talked to Dave. Dave said, "Don't do it." Blah blah blah. And then he did it anyway. And he divorced while he was in law school. <laughs> and then he took. And he had nothing, my friend. You know, this man had nothing, and she took half of uh, half of that. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, that's that's genius." And I thought that was the joke. But then he says, and we later, you know, went out to have some drinks and we talked for a little bit. No, he said before out, that, yeah, he said before that he, he ran into him. He said, I ran into this dude oh, yeah, working yeah. at Foot Locker. At Foot Locker. <laughs> and he said he had, the, he the, had referee the, the referee out there and everything. He says, man, yeah, I'm still living in my mom's house. <laughs> yeah, so he says, yeah, he's, I'm still living in my mom's house, trying to get back on my feet. And David is like, wow, you know. And then he, he pauses for a second and he says, that's not the point. The point of this is not one time did he think to kill himself. You know, and <laughs> he then said, it's even like, I suggested. Right, right. And then I even suggest. But as soon as he says, not at one time did he think to kill himself, I'm like, there's the joke. And yeah. there there's also the irony in everything, right? Yeah. That, that uh, we think one life. You would kill yourself, yeah. And we think the other life. Why would you? Yeah. And it's like, it it, it all comes full circle. Yeah. And he and, and and I just busted out laughing. I was like, that is genius. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah. He um, <clears throat> he had several things within the stand up that um, that I felt that was like really uh, like like things that you didn't think about. Like he talked about uh, how he um, he never really. When I was telling you about having to apologize and oh, things like that, yeah. he got into Kevin Hart having to apologize for the comments. Of, he said, for one, he says, uh, Kevin Hart uh, tweeted one time if his son was gay, that he would uh, he would uh, break a dollhouse over his head. Yeah, yeah. And he says, now, anyone would know that this man wouldn't go out and purchase a dollhouse just to break it over his son's head. Yeah. You know, clearly he was telling a joke. It right. It was a joke. Right, because nobody would do that. And, and he says, but then, like, he apologized. Like, he stood his ground, but then he apologized a couple weeks later. He says, I never really had to do that. He says, except for one time on the Chappelle show, 
He said he made a he he had a skit he had a uh, what what are they called um uh uh standards and practices um oh, yeah, yeah. he had that there's that person they usually got along as well uh, one another and uh he got called the standard and practices and they said mm-hmm. well hey um, everything looks good except for one thing you can't tell that that joker do this skit on gay folks yeah. gay people yeah. you know and then he said. He's like, oh, okay, well, that's fine, that's fine, I'll take it out. And then he says, as I was leaving, I turned around and said, hey, so I can say nigga all day long, right. <laughs> you know, and y'all won't bet an eye, but if I mention this, then you get offended. Yeah. You know, he, he, she said, well, it's because you're not gay. He says, well, I'm not a nigga either. <laughs> and so, and then that was a joke. Yeah. That was a punchline. That was, that was a joke of that. But it was also. But it's also so deep. So deep. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's so true. You yeah. know, you know, and that's, and that's the thing. Like, I just heard, well, Paul Mooney said this a while ago. But then I just heard a recent professor, uh, Anthony Browder mm. from uh, D.C. Howard University. Uh, he doesn't teach there, but he. He lectures all over around the country, but he he graduated from Howard. But um, and he said, and so did Paul Mooney. He said, "There's a reason why the establishment allows for us to say the N word, and it's because the more we say it, the more we give it power." Hmm. And you know, the more you use a word, the more you give it power. So they want it. They want to kind of keep that that negative word and power they mm-hmm. want it and so that's why they allow us to say it in rap songs because for mo- for the most part the music industry is owned by you know italians and whites and mob guys and yeah. that's still kind of still the norm yeah yeah and so you would say why is it that they allow them to rap about that and they want and you hear it now more and more in every song it's because it's giving that word power so if you said gay you know which is a neck, which is what they don't want. See, because a lot of the establishment is either for that lifestyle or they don't want to be against it because it could hurt people and this and that. And they know the more you say it, the more it will give it power. And so they want to get that word out of our lexicon and mm. make it powerless and all the other words, you know, that are like that. So when you think about it like that, when Dave said that, it was like, man, that's exactly what, I mean, that's it. And it, 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 and he knows that, you know, Dave is not a, a knucklehead. He's not a dumb. Yeah. I'm sure he knows that, and that's why he wrote that in his skit like that. Um, but yeah, no, that was brilliant too. Yeah, that was brilliant too. And did you watch the, uh, like? There's another part of it, like a little. Uh, there's a little um, special features thing at the very end. At the very yeah, I saw yeah, where it's like he's ask, he's answering questions from the audience and stuff. Yeah, and he says that, um, you know, he was. He says that uh, one lady, <laughs> I'm not laughing at her, but it just, you know, but it's hard to not laugh uh, with uh, Chappelle. Like, you just showed me, it's just hard not to laugh with the guy. Oh, no, no, um, no, no. But he was talking about how uh, he was telling his jokes, his LGBT jokes and stuff like that. And, uh, and me too jokes, he said. And, uh, and uh, he says that one lady, you know, was like giving him a look and stood out and stormed out and, and, and before... Uh, like him, she she left. She turned oh, around yeah. and says like, uh, "I was raped uh, or yeah, something like that." And then like was about to leave. He said, "Man, man, man, before you leave, you know, uh, you didn't deserve that. You know that, you know, da 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 da." Um, 
he says, I'm, I'm sorry for that. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, this ain't got nothing to do, you know, something like that. Yeah, he yeah, says, yeah. F you get out, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and she stormed out and he said, but then like he had, uh, a translating, uh, that, uh, was watching the show and he started doing his, like, and she, and she was loving the show, yeah, loving everything, laughing, loving laughing everything, everything like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and like all into it. And then like, he's like, yeah, I got this, mm-hmm. I got this joke. I got to get to, you know. And finally got to it, and uh, and Sarah laughing, yeah, joking, yeah. And everything like that, and uh, and uh, the other people were kind of looking. It's like, is it safe? Right, is right, it safe right, to, right. To, to to laugh? And um, and he's like, why is that woman offended? But then this one's not. He said because this was a man. It was a man at one time. Yeah, right. <laughs> but but uh, but it just but and and he actually at the end it shows a picture of the person he's referring oh, yeah, to. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw it. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's cool that like it's crazy how some people will like get so offended with you know uh, what someone's saying and just like enraged the uh, you know to die on the hill for. Or, or, for what was being said, yeah. versus someone else that can take it and be like, "That's just funny," right. but take it as what it is. It's a joke. It's just it, like the person, like Richard, didn't mean no harm, no foul toward you right. when he was saying his jokes. Right. George George Carlin didn't mean no harm, no foul when he was saying his jokes. Mm-hmm. Although at one point I watched him and I was laughing, and then like when he started talking about religion, I got a little offended when I was uh-huh. younger, uh-huh. but uh-huh. because I was like, "Ooh, you know, mad," right. but. As an adult, I can realize uh, he's just telling jokes. Yeah, he's not yeah. really trying to offend me, no. or you know, or anything like that. So you know, yeah. So that no, that's a good point. And I and I do think so. There's there to me. There's two groups of audiences. One is a group that they'll laugh as long as the stuff doesn't pertain to their pain, private pain. Yeah, they'll laugh at everything else. Or something they're real dear on, like an issue of politics. That was, that was me with George Carlin. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. And then you have a group that will uh, laugh at anything because they will go to a, an, a comedian and they just say, just make me laugh. And you can almost, like, so to me, and I don't know, maybe because I don't have a lot of issues that I'm so, like, you better not ever talk about that. To me, I'm in that other group where, I mean, I've been through divorce, I've had a mom pass, I've had a brother die, I've had gang violence take away a cousin, you know, I've had, uh, what else, Um, a drug use, uh, I have a schizophrenic uh, family member. So to me, though, I, I, I put that in a different place, and I say, make me laugh about all the negative stuff in the world. Mm-hmm. Let, let me see it in a different light. Yeah. That's all I want. Because that's my therapy. I need to see things in a different light. And I even gravitate to, like, when I date, I gravitate to women who can, like, laugh at their, like, pain pain and their flaws. And, yeah. As opposed to someone taking it so personal. Because at the end of the day, and we see that Carl Sagan little, the little pale blue dot in, in the midst of the universe, our... Our problems are like that in the sense Ministry, of the timeline yeah. of everything. So why be so hung up? That's always how. So I think, so back to your point. It's like uh, the why so serious type of thing. Right, the it's Joker, the why yeah. so serious type thing, yeah. which I, I could really relate to that Joker when he was saying that over there. I was like, yeah, I see it. He's making it twisted and dark, but 
that is the truth, you know. But um, so anyway, I say those two, you know, there's two two crowds that you're always dealing with like that. Uh, I don't count the crowd that just comes to the comedy and they're like, he ain't, no, he ain't funny, he ain't gonna make me laugh. Those are people who should stay at home. Um, <laughs> but those other two are the ones that usually always go. And, and so you do kind of have some people, and you saw it in the show here, where they kind of sit kind of uncomfortably. Mm -hmm. And even some of them will say, oh, you know, and then that's when comedians will say, oh, you guys got to lighten up. It's, it's going to be a long night if you think, you know. Yeah. Um, so and, anyway, but and yeah. I've seen, uh, and I've seen some stand-up comics uh, that totally bombed, uh, you know. Uh, and I think also when you're doing stand-up, I, I, I can't speak from experience because I haven't, I've never done stand-up. I have a friend, uh, Craig Williams, that's done stand-up and stuff uh -huh. like that. He's pretty funny. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, the uh, but I've seen people here locally that does stand up, like say it, like uh, Spillway, you know, go and do like a stand up comedy night, uh -huh. and and they they bomb yeah. like, because like you know, they don't know their audience, they don't, right? Like, you can't, like, you can't do a 9 11 joke in South Central Kentucky, it's not gonna fly, mm -hmm. like, you know, what I'm saying, mm -hmm. just like you probably couldn't do it in New York, you right. can't. Right. Just some things are just too touchy yeah. that you can't really touch on. Some people, like you said before we even started recording, some people is the exception, like a Dave Chappelle, who could take a material that is that taboo, that, you know, and tell a joke and not, you know, like he yeah. told, told a joke about Anthony Bourdain's suicide and made it funny, you right. know. Right. Whereas that's not, it's a, a hard thing to pull off. Mm -hmm. Um but I've seen the guy that was telling the joke about nine eleven and saying how firemen is not the real heroes. The real heroes are uh, the the terrorists because I hate firemen, you know, something like that. Oh, okay. And then like in the in the and there's a fireman in the audience and he got offended. Yeah. And he's like, oh man, you know. Then like yeah. some other lady, she said something that was dumb. But then this <laughs> one guy came up, like here's the third third one up. He's like, he said. Man, I'm glad those two bombed. Hopefully, I do better. And then people start lighting up a little bit, uh -huh. and he started doing his material, and he was he killed it, you yeah. know, that night. But yeah, just yeah, you gotta know your touchy, audience, man. Yeah, it's it's very touchy. It's the, it is the audience, and and the one thing that, um, you know, I see a lot of comedians that came from being teachers, mm -hmm. like they were first teachers or something like that. And to me, I always thought that makes sense because mm -hmm. when I would teach, any teacher. We got to make fun of some things. Otherwise, it's so boring to be in there and you just listen to a lecture. So yeah. You got to be kind of funny. Yeah. And I've even noticed that there are some groups of my classes that I can say certain things and they will, it will be like you, you'll hear a pin drop. And then in another group, I know I can say those same things and they will be hysterical. Uh -huh. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and then in the other group, I'll start learning like how to. Um, make them kind of chuckle a little bit, but still yeah. they're difficult. Yeah. But toward the end of the semester, I can get them kind of chuckle a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So, but they don't have time to do that. Comedians no. don't have time to do that. You no, no. Come you, in, you got the audience. You got the audience that you have right then, right and there. then and there. And yeah. that's why they say, and all of them, Eddie Murphy, Seinfeld, they all say, if you're not bombing, you're not uh, you're not being a good comedian because yeah. that means you're not really testing things and you're not really going out on that yeah. limb that you got to be on in order to be a good comedian. And he said, so Eddie Murphy was saying it. So you're going to always bomb. Yeah. The cool thing is, though, 
you have a comedian or a group of friends that are comedians and you guys can all go and just talk about things and you'll laugh. And he said a lot of times when he was coming up, he would bomb and he was looking more forward to all the comedians afterwards eating at, let's say, a diner. Yeah. And they're they're bagging on him for, for bombing and then yeah. he can retaliate and they go back and forth and then the next guy or next night somebody else bombs and everybody att- he says so you just get used to that but it, anyway it goes back to that point yeah it's it's difficult to just you know always be great with the crowd and and that is part of their game is is you know just being great when you can and, and accepting that uh, when you can uh, when you cannot there's a uh, episode of uh, I'm not just talking about uh, I want to make sure I got it right no, okay. uh, there's an episode of, uh, what's it called, uh, um, Twilight Zone, called The okay. Comedian. Did you ever see that? The, new, is the, the newer, newer one? The newer one, No, yeah. I haven't seen the newer one. All right, so uh, there's one, I forget the name of The Comedian. Guys, let me know, I apologize. I tried to look it up just then, but I pulled up the wrong guy. Um, but yeah, it's a, a comedian who is bomb, bombing um, at... Um, you know, all his jokes. Um, and he uh, he meets he meets um, Tracy Morgan in the, in the uh, you know Tracy Morgan? Okay, yeah, yeah. Comedian. Uh-huh. Uh, I like Tracy Morgan. Yeah. He's funny. He meets Tracy Morgan in a um, coffee shop well, at the bar uh, and he's talking to him and he's like, hey man, what can I do because the guy's really not funny. He keeps trying to tell this political joke where he's like, uh, you know, but but it bombs every time. <laughs> and so he he tells uh-huh. he asks Tracy, he says, uh, uh, the guy, the comedian is uh, Kamal uh, Najani. Okay, now. Uh, yeah, I think it's the his real name. I don't know. Uh, yeah, Kamal Nan, Najani. You'll probably recognize his face when you see him. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, he's uh, he talks to Tracy Morgan, and he he asks him. Uh, he said, "Hey man, what should I do?" He says, "Give him a little bit of give him." A, he said, "Give him a little bit of yourself, but once you give yourself, it's gone forever. You can't get it back. Once you give them some in, intimate stuff on who you are, it's gone forever. You can't get it back. But it's, you know, pretty much saying it isn't worth it. And so uh, the guy decides to go ahead and you know." He says, "Man, I got this. Uh, I got this dog. Uh, but the funny thing is, the dog's name is Cat. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, you know, it just talks about people's like laughing, yeah, laughing chuckling. Uh-huh. Yeah, because you know we call him Cat because you know we thought, man, it'd be funny to have a dog, but instead of calling, say, hey, man, you want to see my dog? Hey, come here, Cat." Mm-hmm. You know, and then the cat comes, and then you know, da da da. You know, just and they dying up. Crack up on. And him. then, like when he got home, and this is the Twilight Zone twist. When he got home, the cat, the dog was gone. The dog didn't exist. Uh, so whenever he talked about anything or anyone, it was it, literally they disappear. literally disappear mm-hmm. into his material and no longer be in existence. And he can't bring it back up and tell the same joke because mm-hmm. they won't laugh anymore because it's gone. Um, and so it was, it was, yeah, it was an interesting little plot. Um, but I say that because I I noticed with, with comedy, you gotta kind of give, give of yourself, give of who, like give personal stories of who you are in order to draw the crowd in just like as a, uh, 
teacher, I assume you got to kind of give some more intimate, uh, you know, of who you are, like your personality to yeah. kind of draw them in. Yeah. Uh, and, and if you don't do that, then they're going to, they, they won't ever really open up con- either. They won't open up and they won't connect with yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's why, uh, comedians, I mean, that's a, that's a great plot. It's a great, uh, analogy of what really takes place. You know, mm-hmm. they talk about how Richard Pryor, um, he's, he showed you everything in his oh, private yeah. life and, yeah. and talked about everything, Man. um, to, to a degree that probably won't happen again. You know what I mean? And, no, he's one, uh, of, one of a kind, I think. Yeah. Um, he he often, suffered for it. Yeah, but. yeah. he's often imitated. Yeah, not imitated like just uh, imitate, like someone doing imitations, but like, I think, honestly, it's kind of like the whole Jordan thing. Like, where people be like, well, who's the next Jordan? Or, we talked about Bruce last week, who's going to be the next Bruce, you know? But there will never, ever be another Jordan. <laughs> there will never, ever be another Bruce. Right. There will never, ever be another Pryor. Right. You know, uh, you can then include him in an upper echelon of com- com- comedy uh, comedians that that kind of are like the Mount Rushmore of comedians, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Of, of stand-up comics. Uh, and you could put the next person that, come, that, that would uh, make that... Uh, like fill that spot, that void, and that would have been Eddie, mm-hmm. that came in, uh, to fill that void and and do it. You know, although it, during Eddie you still had Robert Townsend, you still had Keenan Ivory Wayans, you still had all these other people that was doing comedy, but you had Eddie to do it and take it to another level, um, and then from there you had, I would say, I would say Martin, you had Martin Lawrence to do it, and then from there. You hit Chris Rock, and then you, you know, just mm-hmm. own. Uh, now, probably the biggest comedian is probably Kevin Hart. I don't oh, know. Kevin Hart. But in my opinion, Chappelle would be that guy that that stands. So I, I'll say the biggest comedian in, in the sense of probably popularity and people mm-hmm. knowing him and watching his stuff is probably Kevin Hart. Yeah. Um, but I know I know Kevin Hart and Chris Rock and. Even Cat Williams have been on different, uh, inter- are in di- different interviews on the record saying that they thought Chappelle was in a class by himself. Yeah. Cat goes on about how he's in, he said, I'm not even close to that. I can't touch that. And uh, so sometimes you can have somebody who's the best at their, best at their craft right. versus someone who's really good, but they're the most popular, yeah. right? And that's so, yeah. So I put Kevin Hart as he's like the most, he's the thing that's in now. Yeah, he would be the, uh, I'd say the equivalent to the Kevin Hart, uh, Chappelle comparison. I'm not saying material-wise, but would be the Richard Bill Cosby type of thing. Where okay. had Bill was, um, not not talking about material, because Bill was, was clean. He's a clean yeah. comic. Um, and, um, but Bill was, the Bill was was popular. Yeah, yeah. Bill Cosby him as himself. You know. Yeah. And then you had on the other side you had that nigga's crazy. Uh-huh. You had Richard Pryor who was like, was was so totally anti Bill. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Not saying that Kevin and Chappelle's that way because they kind of, but they aren't similar because uh, 
Kevin's more of a physical comic comedian. Yeah, I, I feel like I, I've bit, only seen yeah. a few of his things. Uh, but Dave Chappelle, from what I've seen, is just he he would tell he'll tell a story, and he you know and just takes you on a journey mm-hmm. within that story, you know. And he'll, he'll look, like, when he first started, he was more physical, you know, back on uh, right. uh, Def Comedy Jam. Mm-hmm. But, like, when he finally found who he was as a comedian, he kind of got more, he, like, I would say more like Richard Pryor in the sense of just kind of relax and just, yeah. you know, talk to people. I always say Chappelle is, is to me, is, is uh, he's a great storyteller. He has that, a little bit of that Bill Cosby in him where he can set you up with a good story. Um, but then he's raw still too, mm-hmm. like a Richard Pryor. So like like a, a good, mixture of the yeah, two. Yeah, it's a good balance. Um, you know, uh, it seems like in our history we've had that comedian that was kind of nasty and bad, mm-hmm. and then one that was more popular. But you know, and that and that sort of thing. We've always kind of had that, which I think is a good thing because it can bring in more people. Yeah. Right? Some people can't handle the the rough stuff. You know, I, I remember growing up seeing more of like Flip Wilson and less of Red Fox's com- comic. Uh, comedian, yeah, yeah uh, comic. you never seen Red on You never, yeah. Until uh, like the Sanford and Sons. And even then, it was kind of like, whoa, they gave Red. They gave, right. they gave Red Fox a show? Well, and I didn't, yeah. If I, if I had known, I, I knew I knew Sanford before yeah. I knew Red Fox. Yeah, I knew Sanford before. Well, when my first uh, and I, I don't mean to cut you off, no, no, no. uh, but my first experience with Red Fox as Red Fox was actually in Harlem Nights because I didn't oh, realize. Really? Yeah, I never, I never heard any of his stand up uh, uh, okay. before the before seeing Harlem Nights and just hear him uh, like cussing. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it was. Weird. Just I was like, oh, that's Red Fox. Why is uh, he, he's cussing like that, you know? But uh, think talk about that movie, man. How it. Uh, how the all the people that show up in that film that later on became, you know, like legends in comedy, mm-hmm. like um Robin Harris was one of my favorite comedians of all time. Um, you know, of course you had the legendary Red Fox mm-hmm. and the legendary Richard Pryor and the legendary Eddie Murphy, who was younger at that point but was gonna be a legend. Now he is a legend. Mm-hmm. Uh so yeah. I use that term because legend technically is if someone has passed away. Right, <laughs> but, right, right. You know, we use it loosely. So, mm-hmm. no, I agree. So, yeah. So, um, back to that. So, yeah, back to that idea of having those two. You always had that that sort of um, that duality there, mm-hmm. that yin and yang there, which is good. Like I said, for comedy. Uh, but back to another point when you were talking about com- comedians in that Twilight Zone episode. You know, revealing some of their private stuff. I, I think again, I think that's that's why we. To me, it's important to always give comedians that room to like say whatever they want to say. Um, I hope we never like really stifle that. But I think our society is trying to move toward that. But I hope we never stifle it because we get to see how they live and what they think mm-hmm. about and things like that. And it helps for us to see that so we can identify with that. You know, Dave Chappelle's bit and skit on the, you know, the, the people who steal the, stole the alphabet or the alphabet people. That is, to me, I think that's going to go down later as one of his better skits. It takes a while to get it. I mean, not get it, but to take it all in because it's like it's so taboo to talk about it. 
I mean, and when he said that, he was like, these are the people you cannot talk about ever. And, yeah. And I thought, well, what is he talking about? And then he says it. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I mean, you really can't say too much about that. And, and, and the way he broke it down as far as like, the, he says, I, I picture it like a car ride. Oh, okay? yeah. And, and and the way he broke it down, he says, you know, the person is driving the vehicle. Oh, what you know, the, he said, he said uh, what he said, the G is driving. The, yeah, the, the G is driving. The L is on the passenger seat. And then you said. <laughs> but here's why he said the G's are driving, which I think is still, it's like that. He he knows his style, like he researches. He knows his, his history. Yeah. Yeah. So he said the G's are driving it because those are mainly white. Those are the where the most white men are. Yeah. Like a lot of white men. So I'm thinking, okay, he's thinking San Francisco. He's thinking Hollywood. A lot of them are in charge. But he said so they would, and the reason why they're driving is because they know how to play all of the discrimination and racism uh, uh, tricks on us. So they know how to go down those roads of racism and discrimination to lead us and lead them to the promised land. Mm. So they were like, because that, eventually that's what the whole trip is about. I'm going to, we're going to all get on board. I'm going to take all of us through this journey of becoming equal with everybody else. No one talking to us, but we got to follow this discrimination and racism road that, oh, by the way, we help build. So we know all the right terms. Mm so that we can get people to stop talking about this. Now, oh, you're going to say that with us, just like talking about uh, blacks and this. Oh, you're going to say that? Uh, we've made those roads, so we know how to take you down. We'll navigate it. Navigate it. Mm-hmm. Keep us all safe. And please don't say too much. And the transvestites, you guys are making this trip a little bit more difficult. <laughs> yeah. That's what Chappelle said. They said the T was squares between the... So you got the G L T's in the back, and then like beside them is the Q. Yeah. That that, that they picked up beside the road. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that was yeah. I mean, all of it is just it's funny how he puts this. He paints this picture and this not a picture. He gives you this this skit and movie that yeah. you're watching, and um, man, it's it's just so it's clever. But my whole thing on it, my whole t- so that was deep. The way he said that the white man would be the gay, or the most white men are in the gay area, so right. they would be like, and so that was pretty clever how he, he kind of created that. But at the end of it, I'm saying he's right. We've gotten to where we don't talk about that. But I remember growing up as a kid. I mean, if you did something weak, immediately you were called, you know, the faggot or the gay, yeah. and it was like, okay, you got used to it, and you were like, ah. Now, is it offensive today? Of course it is. But to me, it's like you, you if we take out everything that's offensive, mm. uh, we get sterilized. Yeah, it's almost like, like you don't have any shell that you yeah, develop. Yeah, you don't get that grit about you. Like, right. I feel like, and I think that that's what um, like shows like uh, Boondocks uh, did. Have you, have you ever seen Boondocks I, at all? Uh-huh. I used to watch uh, it a little uh, bit. So the way that, like with uh, with Boondocks, man, how they would throw out the ter- those terms, uh, like like you know uh, Riley, you know, mm-hmm. they, 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 you gay, you know, uh-huh. and then like you know they just you know just do that. But then also it it did a great job with um, that might be an episode on its own, but it did a great job with like like talking about the culture, like the black culture, and uh, and like. Uh, Feminizing the 
the black man. You know, like there's that rapper that was that was uh, gay, but he never came out of saying that he's gay. But mm-hmm. he introduced a skirt and introduced a halter top and introduced a purse that was like a gangster purse. And now mm-hmm. this one kid like, oh yeah, I want to do that. That's gangster. That's what the gangsters is wearing. Right, right. But you know, and he's like, but it's like it's it's painting a picture of our society as far as like, um, you know, getting us to be, um, like taking like that element of like gay or whatever and making it like, oh, okay, so now we are this. Now we are uh, wearing this and th- doing it like this, like infiltrating. I don't want to use that word like, like that, but infiltrating it to the sense of like next thing you know, you're, you know, doing this right. and not realizing right. that you're doing this or you're now doing things that would have been associated with, being say gay or this, right, right, but and but you don't see it as that because Riley he was like, no, nah, it's not this man. It's just a nice purse, right, right, you know, right, you know. And see, and that's you know, and so, yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's crazy. It's like um, to some degree, like so, I, we all probably have in our family and definitely in our um, family history mm. people who fall into those categories, and that's. Because it, from what I've studied, and if the research is correct and the numbers are correct, there have been homosexual and and intersexual and uh, gay men, gay women or lesbian women, throughout our entire history. It is still made up of a small percentage. Some books will say four percent of the population. Some will say, and they said that that stayed pretty much consistent throughout our time, right? Mm-hmm. So it's still a small percentage of people. And if we can't feel like we can talk about all people, straight or gay or lesbian, if you can't talk about all people, then you can't look at that 4%, in my, my opinion, as um, part of everybody. You, you're almost saying that that's something you don't touch. But a comedian will touch our, they'll touch everybody. They'll, they'll attack a heterosexual. Yeah. Right. They'll talk. That's what they mainly do. So it's almost like you, if it's a part of the norm, then make it a part of the norm. Yeah. Everybody's fair game. If it's separate, then make it separate. But still, it's a small percentage. Yeah. So, you know, it's 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 a it's a weird little thing that we're kind of playing with, and mm-hmm. then you add, like he was saying, I'm for women not being abused, not being taken advantage of in the workplace. I'm for that. Everybody, I mean, not everybody, but a lot of people are for that. Mm. I have, you know, sisters, I have daughters. So we don't want that. But at the same time, when I heard on a talk show, and and this is what I think Chappelle is kind of talking about a little bit. He might be, I might be reading into it. But on the same, in the same time, on a talk show, I heard a, a female sports commentator say that she's tired of men referring to another man if they're trying to insult another man as oh you throw you throw like a girl and i'm like but that's that's just between men you know mm-hmm. we're not saying that a girl is terrible we're saying you are not manly enough right to throw like us right so am i going to say you throw like a dog mm-hmm. you know you throw like a cat but then the cat people and the dog people would be upset mm-hmm. oh you shouldn't say they throw like cats it's like I- it's like yeah it, you- 
Like, you can offend PETA, you know, you can offend... Right, you know, you'll offend... Yeah. And so it can't get to where it's like that, because then you can't say anything. Uh, uh, if a, Behind closed doors, I know women talk about other women and use, uh, she looks like a dude. Yeah. She, you know, and so we don't say, hey, hold up, hold up, hold up. Don't you ever call a woman a yeah. dude. You know, we don't do that. It's like, go ahead and say what you got to say to get that point across that she's different and you don't like her or whatever. Now, it's different if I went to a woman and said something like, uh, right. you know, are you a little sissy or are you a little girl, you know, or something, try to offend yeah, yeah. her. Trying to, trying to uh, attack her gender or, yeah, and yeah. intimidate her. Yeah. And that's different. I'm not saying that that's right. Yeah. But I'm saying amongst guys, this is what this sports commentator was talking about. And I'm like, amongst men, that's that's them. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, that's just It's them. like. There's a uh, in uh, I, I want to talk about something real quick. Uh, yeah. There was a episode of Family Guy where Peter was telling the joke, and uh, and a woman walk and his is a very offensive joke about women or whatever. And then this woman woke up, walks up, and says, "Oh, you telling jokes? I like <laughs> jokes." Uh, and everybody's looking like, but Peter's like. Okay, and then he starts <laughs> to tell it, and the next thing you know, he's in trouble because uh, he, he's like, well, you know, she wanted to hear the joke, so I told her the joke. Um, but then <laughs> it's like, I want to be equal, but when somebody says, okay, well, I'm going to give it to you like I give it to them, then some people some people will be like, well, no, it's, I don't want to be that equal. Right, I right. Want, you know, right. Uh, and so I think that that's, that's the problem with today's culture where and it's sad to say that a like that that a Richard Pryor could not survive doing comedy in today's culture, right? Because, or you know, or Red Fox, or uh, or even not even just them, not even uh, Carol, like like look, freaking like like all in the family would not work today. No, no, it wouldn't. I was just watching Carol Burnett, yeah, one of the funniest ladies uh, that we would see on TV regularly. Mm -hmm. Right? She had a great show. I think I Love Lucy was. Hilarious, too. yeah, but, but anyway, that wouldn't work either. That wouldn't work either. But Carol Burnett had a character that she would play. It was like this, this like uh, airhead type blonde, mm -hmm. and she was like a secretary. She she would sometimes have a different wig, but a lot of times she would have the blonde wig, and so and and so she would you know not really be able to like work things out. She was always doing her nails mm -hmm. and things like that, and I and I thought that right there she could not she could not do. Because that that's painting a woman as being uh, dipsy and and uh, just getting that position because she's pretty, that kind of. Because she had a tight skirt and walk like, yeah, always blowing her nails as she she's supposed to be answering the phone, things like that. And then I thought, so that wouldn't work. And then I thought all, about all the jokes that even women comedians will talk about, especially Joan Rivers, will talk about. Uh, women like blonde and silly blondes or dingy blondes, you know, and things like that. So it's not like, I never thought of it like, oh, blonde people should, all of them should come, you know, you know, grab arms and, and go after these people. <laughs> it's almost like it, it's so silly and ridiculous that it's funny. Right. Um, and yes, it's, a, I guess it's offensive. So it's not that it's not offensive. But once again, if it doesn't relate to you or you know you who you are, you don't you, you just kind of laugh at it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You just especially if it's if it's a comedian talking about it anyway. Now, 
Of course, I'm not saying I would tell jokes like that in the, in the office. Right, yeah, yeah. You know, like, once again, that's knowing your audience. Right, knowing you your know, audience. Knowing and where like you're that. at, you know. But uh, I just think it might, you know, and that's what Dave Chappelle is also saying in this thing. He's like, you are the worst audience and crowd that I've ever seen, meaning yeah. this generation. Yeah. I can't tell you guys. You, you say, I say anything, uh, no matter when I say it throughout my career, that'll give you the right to take all of what I work for. Yeah. Um, and it's like, that is just, it is too sensitive when yeah. it's like that. Um, now, like the uh, the idea of, um, of Chappelle said, I, I, I want to say, I forgot what it was. All right, so, like the, uh, as a show, what show was that that I was thinking of that wouldn't fly today? Um, or, or material. Uh, like you mentioned, I love Lucy. Uh-huh. Lucy wouldn't fly today because, you know, people would be like, oh, you're making her, oh, she's a housewife. Why she got to be a housewife? Why can't she do this or do that? Why she got to do this? You know, uh, that stuff wouldn't fly. Um, right, right. Um, it was something that, like, uh, you was talking about um, tell, the uh, comedian uh, telling the jokes and uh, and being too sensitive and people and we can laugh it off. That's what I was getting okay. at. So yeah, we can laugh uh, that junk off. Like, like, so that's why that's why we needed avenues like Def Company Jam oh, to yeah. to laugh at Jeez. to laugh at Rodney King and right. Rodney King's getting beat up. You know, yeah. it, 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 you know, uh, oh. like it was it was a horrific thing to see. Uh, but then you know we needed those comedians to. Like, we wasn't getting, we're getting, like, from the news, and I work in media and stuff, but um, you're going to always get, like, the negative view of things, and, and you're going to feel away when you see it, you know? Whereas with, like, comedians are almost like our, our news news um, responder. You know, they're, they're the people yeah. that's going to deliver the news to you, but deliver it to you in a way in which you can be like, huh, this- you know? It's like taking getting a shot. Um, this, you know, you usually will panic if you get a shot, but yeah. if someone kind of, you know, makes you laugh about it, or makes you, it makes it fun to you. You're like, oh, well, it wasn't too bad. That's a that's a good analogy, and you need that shot, right? Right. Comedians deliver their news like we need to hear it. Like this is ridiculous, folks. Let me tell you what's going on. Right. Right. And they'll make us laugh at something that Trump says that's just ridiculous. But this is what he said. And then they'll make us realize. But wait a minute. Trump is not the problem. It's the people who put him in. And where are you? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And so when, you know, when Dave talks about in other specials of his, you know, when um, when uh, he said he was, you know, with these, you know, the poor whites in this line in Ohio, you know, this and that. And he said they they're all cheering and ready and happy and this and that and he's and he says something like um you know they they're looking at me like I'm upset or you know he uh and they think that he's fighting for them and he's like no if anything I should be happy Trump's Trump's going to fight for me mm-hmm. I'm rich so he's going you know and, and it's like he's making you see news like it should be kind yeah. of reported and then uh when it comes to laughing at yourself and not know, and not saying like the blonde jokes or the women jokes. Oh, that's offensive to me. If it doesn't, if if you're strong, it doesn't, it's not you. Yeah. So like he says with the Kentucky Fried Chicken, like he said, you think if I was hungry, 
And I went into Kentucky Fried Chicken and the guy behind the counter was racist. And he says, you want biscuits with those that chicken, you know, nigger, you know, that kind of thing, the N-word, <laughs> right? And uh, he says, uh, uh, what's the problem? I thought biscuits come with that, you know, or something like that. He just kind of blew it off, right? He's like, I thought biscuits come with that. Well, come on, hurry up, chop, chop. He's like, why would I be mad? You're behind, he's the one behind the counter working at Kentucky Fried Chicken. And so it's like, yeah, that's, he's, 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 they're teaching us and they're showing us, this is how you should react. This is how you look at the world. Now, of course, we're not saying that that's the way you should. Right. But this is the comedian's idea. That's why Seinfeld said he thinks most comedians act from like being upset and angry at society but then we turn it to make it funny. Yeah. So you can, but you can see yourself. But we are like pissed off because we're looking at this and we're looking at this and we're like, why are people so stupid? All right, let me talk yeah. about this. Yeah. You know. Uh, um, but anyway, yeah. Let me uh, pause and we're gonna pick it right back up. All right, so we're back real quick. Uh, <laughs> so uh, just talking to Quentin about uh, a part that Chappelle said in his uh, Sticks and Stone uh, stand up where he was like. Um, you know, we got election year coming up. If you want, he said so much. Uh, he said we got election year coming up. I think it's when he is referring to like the the school shootings, oh yeah, and, and yeah. the mass shootings and things like that. Uh, but he says, uh, "How election, crazy it is! Everybody's yeah. shooting everybody." And he says, "You can start getting numb." Yeah, and idea. he says also, and I thought this was funny, and I'll get to this other part. But he said, um, "You know, in school." They're teaching kids, you know, it's crazy that they're teaching kids how to, like, uh, uh, shooting, oh, yeah, like, yeah. shooting drills. Like, if there's a mass shooting drill, you know, what to do. He said, but the thing is, the little shooters in the classroom are taking notes. Like, so where is the safety place where we're supposed to be hiding at? You know, and right. you're like, oh, he's, he's not wrong, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then, like he said, yeah, so we got election year coming up, and um, what we need is, in order, uh, to, in order to make changes. In order to make changes, every single uh, uh, adult African American man and woman must register legally to purchase a new gun and to own that gun. You know, <laughs> and and then like like the thought is like, and I laughed, and then I thought about, it, I'm like, hey, but he's not wrong. He's you know? not wrong. And the setup, and you did it well just then. The setup was he said register legally, and you're thinking. He's going to say register to vote. And he's saying no to purchase a gun. And you're right. Uh, afterwards, after everybody's laughing and I'm mm -hmm. laughing, I said the same thing you said. He is right. He is, he's, he's correct. That that's when you'll get them to pay attention. Because I think that's the last thing they want is for, you know, even though we only make up 12%, to, for us to have legally have guns. And, and all of us have guns. And you've seen you know? that uh, historically. You saw that with the Black Panther Party for self-defense. Yeah. Um, they knew that they can legally bear arms. They knew that they could have guns and they can do this. They knew the law. Yeah. They knew the they, they yeah. knew the law. Uh, they knew the amendments. They knew everything about. But the, you know, the, and, you know. And, and but they were portrayed as like breaking the law, breaking the they law, had guns. And but yeah, no, they, but they, they, they were, were legally. The they said yeah. we can legally. Like uh, the police say, hey, hey, hey! The police should be beating up on a black man, and they say, hey, hey, hey! Get out of here! You can't even be here, Black Panther. You can't be here. You can't be here. The Panthers say, oh, oh! It's in my legal right to uh, view you doing your job mm -hmm. from this distance, mm -hmm. you know. 
And he's like, well, you can't be here. And he says, what's wrong, pig? And then, like, he says, well, you can't call me. And he says, no, no, no. I can call you pig because pig is da-da-da-da-da. Mm-hmm. I cannot call you this, 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 and this. Mm-hmm. But I can legally call you this, and there's nothing you can do. Right. You know, and, and, and then he's like, I can legally have his gun. He says, is that gun loaded? He says, it wasn't, but now no, it is. No. You know, uh-huh. I can load it now. Because I feel threatened because of you, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they knew the laws and what how to do things. And so what Chappelle was saying is legally get a gun and that will affect change. Because to be honest, white folks don't want many black folks running around here with legal guns, yeah, legal right. firearms. Right. And he and he told that story about, he said he had a, uh, 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 um, a what do you call him, a heroin addict. Uh-huh. He said he had a heroin addict coming coming around his property, you oh, know. Man. And he said, "No, he says this white man with a with a flag <laughs> or something come around yeah, his property." <laughs> and he said, "He said I didn't have a gun, so all I could do is just wave at him." He said, "As soon as he's out of my sight, I ran quick to to Walmart or Target or something like that." Oh, he that says, "Quick, quick, I need a gun." And he's like. There you go. And he gave me a, gun, a shotgun or something yeah, like he that. Said, without even a blinking, double barrel. Without even blinking, the guy turned around and, and grabbed says, his shotgun and put it on the gun. And I need some bullets. And he brought, grabbed two cases. Boom. And he says, uh, what's the difference between these ones? He's like, one of them, he says, one of them is uh, bird shot. The other one, buck shot. Uh, he says, now, bird shot will pepper it nice. <laughs> <laughs> but it won't kill a man. But it ain't gonna kill a man. <laughs> he said, he said that's the same way he said. It won't kill a man. What you want is his buckshot. Right. He said, put a hole in him, and stop him. <laughs> he says, and he says, and he says they didn't they they didn't tell you that legally you got a low bird shot yeah. and then, then buckshot. And then, then bird shot, shot, then buckshot, and then after you know, so many buck, it's buck, just buck, 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 buck. buck, buck, buck. <laughs> And, and and that's so educational because I'm like I didn't know that no, you know I heard it in a different movie or something like documentary or something but go ahead keep going but yeah uh, but then like like what the point was like yeah so he's like man yeah I, I you know I don't really like guns but I own them because mm-hmm. I have to you know mm-hmm. um, and so that's it's true you know you we live in a society where you know I've seen something on the news uh, where in the country of Georgia. A lady was, a random lady was walking down the street, uh, and there's a family with two kids, uh-huh. a father and wife, two small children walking down the street. And this random lady came by and st- and stabbed the kid in the face twice with a butcher knife, and then uh, tried to turn around and get the other kid, and they pulled the kid away, and then uh, then the lady just started walking, and the guy tried to go after her, but then like she swung at him, he did like that. Police end up getting the lady, but uh, but it's crazy that um, you know that that happened. But had you been armed, yeah, you know, yeah. and you were you were also been in your right to uh, defend oh, your to, family, yeah, to kill her, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, because because she she was an imminent threat, you know. Uh, but yeah, Chappelle's comedy man has a way of uh, like edu- not only making you laugh but also educating you. Yeah. On the way to, like you said, the way the world really is. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite comedians that would do that quite a bit. I mean, I like a lot. Of, a lot of them do it. Mm-hmm. You know, D.L. Hughley, um, you know, all of them do it, really. Richard Pryor. Um, but George Carlin was really good at that. 
He, yeah. he really, you know, he he really highlighted America and its flaws, but also some of the beauty things and whatnot. But you could definitely see that he was angry. Um, George Carlin told uh, told a lot of stories about uh, the American history too. Yeah, you know, and, and you know he would call out you know white bigots and this and that and black people who you know were were not right and this and that. I mean, he just talked about everything. And he had that he had that that he he developed that platform that people gave him that permission to talk on those things for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. And, and I think if comedians do that well and we see that they're genuine and honest, we usually give them that that template. And I think Dave Chappelle is one that we've given that template to. And and because he says some things in this last, the sticks and stones, that I was, I mean, even I kind of felt like I'm starting to sweat on my forehead. Like, yeah. man, you better be careful talking about that is what you're thinking. I don't want you know people to come after you. But the cool thing about his position and David, David's position, it was also, since you brought up Black Panthers, the cool thing about their position is when you have a feeling like you can't take anything from me that I really need. Mm -hmm. And I don't need you for the things that you think I need you for. Then you lose power to control that person. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember one of the, Black Panthers in a documentary that was a really good documentary on Netflix and he said that when they were in the heat of that big shootout uh, they had a big shootout with police officers it, it was on TV you know they were in a building and yeah and uh, anyway it's been in some movies too but um and he said he was interviewed afterwards and somebody and they still ask were you were you afraid at that moment like for your life like did you go into this you know like man I shouldn't have been in this group or I wish I was out of this and he said, no. He said, that was probably the freest time I felt in my whole life in that moment. And he said, the reason why is he, he said was because I was living completely like a free man. I was doing exactly what I thought you know, I needed to do. And I did not fear anything. Hmm. And I said, wow. So the, it, it gave me a different concept of freedom. And, and for Chappelle, <clears throat> for Carlin, for some of these greats, Mm-hmm. I see why they're addicted to the stage. Even Kevin Hart said, yeah. I might, this was just in his Laugh Out Loud radio on XM yesterday. Um, he said, I might give up doing all the all the uh, specials. He said, because there's so much production, you got to not say this, blah, blah. He said, but I don't think I will ever stop doing stand-up in a comedy store like yeah. this. Because that's when I can be me. He said, that's when we are you know, that's when we are alive. That's when we are home. Yeah. And then I thought, me being a basketball player in my past, that's how the basketball court was for me. It's like problems were going on, but I could play, and people would think everything was great because I was playing so well. But that was my escape. That was my haven. Yeah. That's why even now, you know, I'll go outside and I'll just shoot, you know, and I might just shoot a couple of baskets and I'll just sit and look at the rim. That's where I think. That's where I have my therapy, and that's and, and so, so um, my point is, Dave Chappelle and these guys, they have these platforms that, that we get to see them be at their most comfortable state as a human being. And I hope we never, I hope we never jeopardize that because we need to see people like that. We need to see the true human condition, and we don't get it usually on TV. We don't get it in the news. We definitely don't get it in 
in these shows like Power and all these other shows. No, no. So we get it from these comedians, and I hope we always have that. Um, I want to uh, touch on, uh, like you mentioned, history. There, there is a comedian. I want to say it's Robert Klein. I was trying to look to see if it's Robert oh, he's Klein. Funny. He's, yeah, or he's, if he's, I'm he's, thinking of <laughs> someone else. But I want to say it's Robert Klein. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, someone had a uh, stand-up where there's going through – uh, the history of America, or something like that, and yeah. I think it was Klein. I it might be wrong, been him. but uh, uh, or it could have been Lewis Black. Uh, but um, but he was talking about uh, the Revolutionary War. He said, um, well, well, he says uh, they always say that uh, uh, Paul Revere rode the horse, saying the British is coming, the British is coming. He says, but it really wasn't him. It was. Ishmael uh, Bissell. Mm-hmm. He says, but they don't ever talk about Ishmael Bissell because nobody wants to sing songs about Ishmael Bissell. Mm-hmm. They want to sing about Paul Revere. Mm-hmm. It sounds better than Ishmael Bissell. Uh-huh. You know, but it was Ishmael's the one that did that. But Paul did some sort of, you know, but but the friend that penned that song or that poem about Paul Revere was a friend of Paul Revere. And so he penned it about Paul. But, uh, now is this based on true facts? Because I, I believe I, so. Okay, I and know and that. so uh, and that's what I liked about that's what I like about comedians is they will give you the raw, real history yeah. of certain things that, or at least poke at something that will out that you would not think about. Like I would like when he was alive, I was a big fan of Bill Hicks, but later on, I appreciate Bill Hicks. Okay, uh, um, and so. He would do that. And then, like, another comedian uh, that's also deceased, uh, Mitch Hedberg. You've heard of him? Oh, he was yeah. funny. He, he's, Mitch was funny. Yeah, Halfway, Mitch. Always on drugs, but for the most part. But he was funny. He yeah. was hilarious. Yeah, he, he said, uh, he said um, something about, uh, he, op- he says, yeah, so I uh, I opened up, uh, I went and I bought me a thing of, of yogurt. Yo play and at the and at the top of it it says try again, and I didn't know if they was having a contest, or uh, or I opened it wrong, and it was just saying hey try it again, or I don't even know if uh, they were just trying to give me a suggestion in life. That's okay, try it again, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> and he says and he says telling jokes is like. Uh, you know, you got to tell all the jokes uh, and and hit them, but you can You got to be all, all. He says it's just like pancakes. He says, you know, you get you get you excited at first. The audience can be excited oh, at first, yeah, I heard him say, yeah, yeah. but then like towards the last, you just tired of them, you know. And so it, it was. I was just listening to a stand up like yesterday, uh, but yeah, man, it was just just funny how he would take something that is so simple that you don't think about and make it funny. And, yeah. and his delivery, his way of just delivering a joke, just it, like, to me, was hysterical. Yeah. You're talking Mitch, right? Mitch, yeah. Yeah, oh, yes. Yeah. No, he... And then he would go on those, like, little... Those little um, rants where he would... You could hear the jazz music playing. Yeah. And like, doo, doo, doo. And yeah. He would just go telling you things that he thought about. Yeah. And it were short bits of information. Yeah, real real yeah. short with real shit. 
And it's like, man, that's he sees the world so differently, but at the same time, like us in some ways, and we can laugh at it because we're like, oh, that is a way in which you could look at it, yeah. and, and that's more that's more hilarious. Right? Yeah. But he had no niche. Now, before we stop, we got to get. Oh, I was gonna say one more, one one other thing about that special with yeah. Dave, since we were talking about how he teaches you at the same time. His bit in the well, I won't say when because I want people to watch. I don't want to kill it, but he talks. When he talked about doing impressions, and you're thinking he's going to do some impressions for the first time, yeah, and you're like, "Oh, I would love to see him do that." <laughs> and he talks about the Constitution and yeah. how it was written. He said, "I'm going to do an impression of the uh, the founding fathers, the found the founding fathers, yeah, right, writing the Constitution." <laughs> <laughs> and then he says, "Hurry up, nigga, get rid- get finished or something. I got to go to bed or something like yeah. that. Hurry up and finish with that." And I thought, whoa, okay, first he is, so you have to question, why mm-hmm. is he saying that? Is, are, is he saying that black people wrote the mm-hmm. Constitution and white people just made it? And then I, you know, then you say, oh, wait a minute, you know, um, I think it was Thomas Jefferson, who we know was biracial. He, mm. uh, uh, yeah, he had a, some, some will say his, I, his, I heard his uh, mom was Anthony Hamilton. No, uh, no. Nah, nah. Okay, okay. So Thomas Jefferson. Thomas I Jefferson. think I think his mother, or I can't remember if it was you guys can look it up. Whoever's listening, I think it's his mother who's African or had an African background. But I heard another speaker say that his father was mm. because Thomas Jefferson was one of the first to say in his was one of the first people to to use the term colored. Because, and you guys can look up this story, he was having a conference with the people in Washington, and he said, I don't like the name Negro. It, it should be called colored because I have a biracial background. So mm. I'm not Negro, I'm not black, and I'm not white either. And they said, and the story goes that someone actually insulted him and said, you know, uh, you're something like you're a, you're a mutt or something like that. And he said... And I think he ignored that. But anyway, he said, so I'm colored. And and that's why some people began to use that term later. Like, mm. I'm colored. And he said, because I, you know, I'm, I'm like kind of light and I can get darker and this and that. Blah, blah. So he said, I'm colored. But anyway, so when, so when Dave Chappelle says that, I'm like, is he telling people that he knows that Thomas Jefferson was biracial? And that at his part, when he was writing it, uh, everybody else was saying, <coughs> hurry up, nigga. <laughs> so I thought, man, so now he didn't even have to go into teaching us <clears throat> about any of those. Right. But he's given us enough of a seed to say, what does he mean by that? Yeah. And now people will look it up. So that's brilliant to not even give yeah. us what you're really, you know, what, yeah, you know just kind of just sprinkle. Yeah, know. it's going to make us, it's going to make those people yeah, think, and like, then, what is he? What did he mean by that? I think driving home, like you know. I seen one uh, stand up they did on HBO, uh, not HBO, uh, but uh, uh, on Netflix as well, uh-huh. where he's talking about how uh, the guy threw a banana peel. <coughs> oh, uh, that was funny. He yeah. says when he, when he threw the banana peel, he says you should have seen the looks on the white folks' face. It looked like they just finished watching Twelve Years a Slave, <laughs> and it was just so funny because uh-huh. I'm like. Because you can immediately picture it, and you like get it. Because that the you know the it, like that movie is so horrifying, and a lot of, a lot of white folks 
that watched that movie left the movie was like, oh, I didn't know. I had no idea that it was that way, you know. Uh-huh. And uh, and so, you know, it was it was just so funny. But um, yeah, that man, comedians, man, uh, other than Dave, man, that um, really pushed the boundary of you know things. Um, there's a guy, there's a comedian I want to spend a moment uh-huh. talking about. Uh-huh. Warren Hutchison. Have you ever heard of Warren Hutchison? Warren Hutchison. He was a guy that I first seen on Def Jam uh, years ago. And he stuck with me through, even till now. Uh, he is talking about, he said his his, his mother was a, his, he had a grandmother that was Christian. And he, and he said, my, he said, my mom's Christian. My father was a Muslim. And he said, um, Christmas was rough in my house. Uh-huh. He said, um, you know, whenever, uh, he said, whenever my father would take, like my, my mother would Man. take me uh-huh. Keep going. to, uh, to see, uh, would take me to see a uh, the Santa Claus, you know, uh, and Santa, and I sit on Santa's lap, and then uh, he says, uh, "What do you want for Christmas, little boy?" My father be standing in the background, and said, "Hey, fat man, you got any freedom in that bag? You got any freedom, huh? What else you got in that bag? What about?" Uh, for uh, paying us back from four hundred years of slavery, you know, he said. So it was Can always this? This was Warren Hutchison. Okay, I gotta look. Him and up. he said, uh, "You're saying that uh, his grandmother would say something like this." He says, uh, "His grandmother would say uh, he had another cousin that had good hair, and then uh, he had what he called bad hair, nappy hair." Mm-hmm. And his grandmother would be like. Oh, now Russell here got some good hair. Look at the hair. He got some good hair. Good hair to hair on his on his head. Good hair. He says, but Warren here, look at that. That's bad hair. Oh, that's rough. Look at that bad hair. And he says, I don't know. It's like, what's good hair and bad hair? Like, it, it's not like my hair at nighttime gets off my head and goes and robs somebody and stabs them. And they come back and got a knife under my pillow. You know, oh, wow, he says, wow. not that. And he, so he had a way of just telling a joke and telling it in a way that where you look at it like it, like he says, how Native Americans, like white people, like they say that Native Americans or Christopher Columbus discovered America. He says, Christopher Columbus didn't discover America. There's already people here when he got here. So clearly somebody discovered it before him. That's right. It's yeah. like, it's not like, uh, you know, just because he says, somebody can't come out to your, your car and be like, hey. I discovered this car stereo. Nobody's here right now. Mm-hmm. So it must be mine. It's mm-hmm. my stereo now. Right, right. You know, right, it right. doesn't work it that, doesn't way. that way. And so it was it's just his way of telling jokes. He also told this one, and it's my favorite bit, and I'll leave it alone after that. He said uh, his father found racism in everything. He says he took him to a grocery store, and he'd be shopping. He said he found racism in everything. He said, now, son, they're trying to be subliminal and tell you tell you that you ain't nothing. Without you even knowing it. Hey, let me show you something. Let me show you something. He says, he says, look at Frosted Flakes here. We got Tiger on the box and everything. But what is it? It's white cereal. What does it say? He says, it's great. They're great. They're great. Now, now let me show you the black cereals. Cocoa Puffs. Uh-huh. So you cuckoo. You cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. You're crazy. You got to be crazy if you like the cereal. I think says, I heard some yeah. of that, but keep and going. He says, and then let me take. Let me show you something else. He says, uh, now look at the rice. White rice. Uh-huh. 
Look, look at it. It's just white rice. It's white. <laughs> let, let me show you the colored rice, son. Look at it. What is it? What do you call it? It's wild rice. <laughs> it's wild. It's crazy. It's, it's wild. It's out of control. Mm. Just, no, it ain't even just that, son. Let me show you this. Look, regular olives. It's in the jar. You can see out. You can see. And you can see the, the olives and everything. Black olives is in the can. So what they're saying is your, your, your cuckoo, your wild, you need to be locked up. <laughs> That's what they're saying, son. And I started rolling. And now, and every time I walk through the grocery store, even to this day, and I've seen that when I was a kid. Even today, I walk through the grocery store, and I look at those things in a totally different way. And 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 um, and the way that they do, like to like, they make a spectacle out of out of uh, sleep. Black folks, uh, comedy has been in this country for years, and black folks have been doing comedy for years. For years Even vaudeville was back there doing comedy, uh, doing the gestures, and uh, and at that point. You had to play the mammies. You had to play the right, the, right. the 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 dumb the dummies because that's the only roles that the black folks had. Right. And and you had to play that. And you had to be oh yes sir oh yeah you know and and so uh, you then we made it to a point where we can have a Dave Chappelle, we can have an Eddie Murphy. We can even though you know Eddie did do costumes and stuff like that and plays that mm-hmm. at times, but we we had a Red Fox. We had Flip Wilson, you know. We had these people that that were were like that, um, but then then you look at the news, and I'll let you. But you look at the news, and you see black folks acting black, like acting ghetto over a chicken sandwich, beating people up over a Popeye's chicken sandwich. I or, didn't see that. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. So news? yeah, that's in the news. Uh, like no. going to a Popeye's, and they out of the sandwich, so people fighting and and people. Acting the, acting the, playing the coon, playing yeah. the part uh, of like. That's why I don't like, watch TV. Like, like, oh yeah, yeah, I got me a chicken sandwich. It's the best sandwich in history. Are you oh look, yeah, kind of dancing around with the sandwich is just to me. It's a setback to who, who what, what the a negative portrayal that white people. No offense to any white listeners, you know, but it's it's a, it's a fact and reality that that a lot of white folks. Back in those days, would see us a picture that they would portray us as, uh, but it's now we're like, oh yeah, yeah, let's let's do this, but unconsciously doing it uh, and reverting back to uh, a step and fetcher type of era. Well, you know, and I don't, man, man, Aaron, I can't get into that a little bit. I mean, that much because. It's just so deep, but mm-hmm. th- that's why. And I think Dave Chappelle and these people are good. When we, you know, when when you don't show us our history, you don't show us our good history, our true history back to Kemet and all that stuff, and the, the kings and the pharaohs and the, and the queens. <clears throat> even though those are names that Europeans gave us, but we had those dynasties. When you don't show that to you, children of, of color. And African American descent, uh, people began to sort of make up their own, like past. Right. And then they they don't have a sense of who they are, and then they'll just act, just crazy. You know, yeah. I mean, it's just the it, it's the it's just the way it is. <clears throat> and when when you told me about that, that's immediately what I was thinking about. That those men or whoever don't have that, and so it's it's a shame that on TV they. 
they put most of those images there. And I have white friends, I have a white mentor uh, out of the two or three that I have. So we're not, I'm not saying that all white people think like this. There's some good white people for sure. And there's, there's always been, uh, mm -hmm. you know, but all you, all it takes is a few that are in charge in certain places to put certain things in order. And, 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 and then without a doubt, and we can, you can just watch TV for a while. I used to have my students do this, record the images of diff people from different races and at the end of a two-hour session of all your commercials and the show, doesn't matter what you watch, record that. Do that about three or four times throughout the month, and you'll begin to see the makeup of who they put in a positive image, who they put in a comedic image, or an or in a, uh, a an oppressed or lesser quality of life image, and then who do who do they put in the sense of the the the, the love images like. A man with a woman, right? And you will all rarely. I mean, I could turn on TV right now and watch commercial. Rarely will you see a, a black man with someone other than a black woman in a very positive, loving commercial, right? And when you do see rarely. it, and when you do see it, uh, you hear outrage. Like remember the Cheerios commercial with the black yeah. father yeah. and the white woman white. and the and the biracial child. Man, people was we're, up in arms. Yeah, like, but yet, but yet they're about to start a show called Mixish. Mixish, yeah. But you notice they switched. They they always yeah. switch it. They have a white man with a black, or I think she might be. No, she's a black woman. Yeah, yeah black woman. And then I, even in society, I'll see it. It's okay when again, it's a it's the idea of the white man with the black woman. That's okay. That's been okay. It's not okay in the sense of everybody loves it. And all whites love it. But it's more <laughs> but they'll tolerate that. More palatable. More palatable. Yeah. But from the beginning of, you know, history of a nation. Mm -hmm. and, uh, what was that movie? Was it the history of a nation? I can't uh, uh, America, uh, uh, Birth of a Nation. Birth of a Nation. Yeah. I think was. When the fear was a black man being with a white woman. Right. And so we don't see it. But anyway, back to the, the, the images that they put out there. Those are very dangerous images. Yeah. I hate, and that's why I don't watch TV that much. But now back to the c comedy. Right, right. I wanted to just get your 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 Mount Rushmore of comedians. Okay. Since this is a wrapping up. Yeah. And I just wanted to just for my own personal uh, joy here. Who All right. How many do at? I give? How many okay. do I get? I think on route is on Mount Rushmore. Is there are there four? There's uh, four? Washington, Roosevelt, Lincoln, and. Is it, is it uh, who is the other one? Yeah, I don't know. Other, it's, I think it's about four, four people. I think it's four people. Yeah, so I can give you my four. All right, so give me your four. All right, so I would put for sure Richard Pryor on there as uh, in, as one of my comedians. Um, I'll put Dave Chappelle okay. uh, for sure. I would have to put Eddie. Uh, and I can't, I feel like I don't want to make it all black. Because, you know, because yeah. it, 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 it's, it's easy because, like, those are the comedians I kind of gravitated towards the most. But uh, if I had to put a white comedian up there that really was like, I don't know. It's just not none of them really jump out to me like that. I mean, I know people will say Jerry Seinfeld, which I like Jerry Seinfeld and stuff like that. But it would have to, for me, be all black. So I would have to put... Uh, the fourth person in my Mount Rushmore of, of comedians 
would probably be Robin Harris. Oh, Robin wow. Harris. Uh, yeah. uh, which, I, I mean, I like Red. I liked, I like Bernie Mac. But you know, but those are the guys that really, like, like I felt something. Like when, 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 when Richard died, I felt something. When Bernie, when uh, Bernie died, I felt something. But when, when Robin Harris died, I felt something. You know. Uh, so those are those are the guys, and then Dave Chappelle was just like I think he's, and then Eddie was just so funny, man. The, I remember the first time I seen I, I seen Raw before I seen Delirious, and so I, I wasn't supposed to see Raw. Uh, my mom then sent me tried to send me out the room when it was on. Oh okay, okay. Uh, but I remember uh, later on getting to watch it, and was and I seen him come out with that uh, black leather suit on. No, it's blue. He had a blue suit, blue leather, on, and it was just the funniest thing, mm-hmm. the funniest mm-hmm. thing, man. And I and and he talked about McDonald's, oh, the McDonald's man. cheeseburger. He said, "Mama, mama, I want a McDonald's cheeseburger. <laughs> I make your burger better than McDonald's." <laughs> that was my mama. Uh, that was my mama. My mama would be like, "No, I ain't got McDonald's money, but here I get. I can make you a cheeseburger and put it on white bread." And I seen that, and I see, and I remember the way the dough looked uh, when the when the, when the with the ketchup oh, okay. and the grease and the <laughs> and the handprints and the fingerprints in the in the in the uh, bread white bread. Mm-hmm. I remember those images, and so Eddie Murphy, Robin Harris, uh, Richard Pryor, and uh, who's the other one? And Dave Chappelle. Those would be my Mount Rushmore uh, black comedians. You. Okay. Um, for me, or just a comedian, not just black comedians. Yeah, for me, what's that? Yeah, for me. Uh, let's see here. I would probably say, um, man, I was asking you the question. I didn't really. I knew I had Richard Pryor on there for sure. Mm-hmm. And um, I would, I would probably say. Uh, yeah, Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy for sure. Man. I may, I may say George Carlin. Mm-hmm. And then I would say probably, man, that fourth one. I'm going to probably put Red Fox on there because so many people imitate yeah. him. Yeah, put out forty or so albums. Yeah, of comedy. But we didn't even include like there's Mom's Baby, there's Big Meat Malcolm, uh, there's yeah, and I don't know too much of their work. I uh, guess if I, I, um, but I, I hear you. We didn't. You there's uh, I'm trying. To, uh, Godfrey Cambridge. Uh, uh, Godfrey. Um, so real quick, uh, I want to tell you a little bit about God, Godfrey Cambridge. Uh, he came out the same era as uh, Flip Wilson and the, uh, 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 Dick Gregory, like early, early comedians before Bill. Um, these these guys came out. Uh, Godfrey Cambridge once said uh, this. He said, "He said I got a, I got a, a family. A, I got some friends, some some black friends, and they have his child." And this child decided to uh, become white, and so the child went up in his mother's uh, vanity mirror and put on some white powder on his face and put some, 
little gold uh, sprinkles in his hair. And he came downstairs. He came down to the, the mother and said, Mommy, Mommy, look, look, I'm white. The mother says, take that smuck off your face. And, and so told him to go. He said, well, I'll go show my dad. So, Daddy, Daddy, look at me. I'm white. He's like, take that smuck off your face. And gave him a little whap on the bottom and sent him to his room. He says, I, I went up there and I, I looked at that child taking that makeup off his face. He's looking in the mirror. He says, see, I don't blame white people. I've only been white for five minutes. I already hate two black people. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, it was just, it was funny because, you know, it was it was during a time of uh, segregation right, right. and uh, things like that. And so in Jim Crow, and, and it was a funny thing to look at, to get people laughing and and, and smiling. And then um, and, uh, one more comedian I got to talk about, and you mentioned him before, Flip Wilson. Uh, Flip is, is underrated. Um, he, he was, is, he was... Yeah, he uh, one of the first ones to have his own variety show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he uh, he said the devil made me do it. You know that's the guy, but he had this one bit uh, on the stand up where he said there's this woman that uh, that was on a train. Now, I don't know if you heard this, mm-hmm. and she had a baby, and it was an ugly baby, mm-hmm. and I just was looking at her and looking at that baby. And uh, people was just not, you know, being nice, <laughs> you know. And, but then I looked at her and I said, ma'am, that's one ugly baby. That is an ugly baby that you got. And and she got so offended. She got so mad. And she went up to the conductor and, uh, you know, the, the she went up to the guy and said, hey, hey, this, this man back here. Is uh is uh, he offended me? He made me mad, and so you need to do something about this man. He talked about my baby. He talked about about me. Just made me mad. Just and he said, "I'm sorry, ma'am. I'm sorry, ma'am. I'm gonna upgrade your ticket. You're gonna get to go in the upper class uh, section, and and uh, we're gonna uh, you know uh, we're gonna comp your ticket and everything also, and uh, we're gonna even give you uh, a meal. You can have whatever you want to eat." And we also get a banana for your monkey. How's that? Mm. <laughs> so, so the joke is that the, the, they thought that she had a monkey. The monkey was a baby. Yeah. And, oh. Well, it was a baby, but she they called the mon- the baby a monkey. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a funny uh, funny thing where uh, I was like the the punchline, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's that crazy. Is, yeah, that, that's pretty. That's pretty classic right there. But yeah, Flip doesn't get a lot of credit. He should he should get more credit. Um, Geraldine, yeah, you know, that was. I mean, everybody knew who Geraldine was back yeah. in that day and growing up. And so before Jamie Foxx did all his stuff with and Martin, yeah, with Wanda with, and uh, all that stuff. Uh huh. You know that came that originated, at least probably from um, since yeah. the TV and skits. Yeah, probably from Flip Wilson. But anyway, so yeah, that did I give you my four? I think yeah, I you gave me your four. You said okay. Carlin, you said Pryor, you said Fox, and Murphy. you said Murphy. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, and uh, and then we we ended on this. Uh, who who is? Give me three comedians that you think would be like uh, the next ones to kind of watch out for that you that you that you've noticed. Or or the next 
big ones. Like I consider I consider Chris was a big one at one point. Uh which one? Which Chris? Rock. Because Chris Tucker's stand up is pretty funny yeah. too. But go ahead. But, but Chris, Chris Rock. Yeah, Chris Rock there. is on another level. Yeah. Uh, he is. And then uh I would say uh Chappelle and I'll say Hart. Those are the guys that, you know, would will be later on like known as like the legends. Yeah, I could see that. I could see if I went to a second tier, like who's going to be the next ones that go up on that mountain after people forget these and all that. So, yeah. Um, then I would say, yeah, I would say Chris Chris Rock is up there. I would have to put Chappelle up there top. But I might... Man. Cat Williams had a good run. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to make sure I'm not... Putting, putting somebody up there just because they're popular. You know, Cat is was funny. Eddie um, was funny. Eddie Griffin was funny too. Yeah, Eddie Griffin was funny. Um, but anyway, so far I would say Chris Rock and Chappelle for sure. I mean, Kevin Hart has to go up there just because he's just he's so big. I mean, yeah. he's so. And then, and, then, and he has some great stand ups that I thought were really funny. Um, some of them I don't like. Yeah. Uh, you got a little silly. It's a little, a little silly. But, uh, yeah, I would say those three. And then maybe um, I would throw in, man, if, uh, is there, are there any females that could jump up there? Wanda Sykes. Uh, yeah, she's just I'm not, not big consistent. On, I'm not, yeah, she's um, not consistent. But Tiffany Haddish. But she's yeah, another. No, yeah, I like some of the other ones. Uh, Adele Gibbons was funny, but she's, she's a lady upper echelon. Uh, comedian uh, Adele Givens, um, okay. but yeah, I can't really think of. Yeah, I can't think um, of. Yeah, but all right, man. Uh, well, let's we'll conclude it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, hey, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, yes. We enjoyed it, and hopefully, you enjoyed it.